following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. Episode 355 is arrived here on this rainy Sunday. It is the, uh, what is today? It's the 29th. It's the 29th of November, kids. It's the, it's the last day of the month. Whatever, tomorrow's the last day of the month. Uh, that's the date of production here. Coming up, uh, stuff, things. We've got a busy, busy, busy week uh, ahead of us. We've got a busy day, uh, in all matter of fact, around these parts. We're starting to return back to a little bit of normalcy. I know it's premature. I know this. I know that the COVID thing is a thing, you know, and there's, there's all, you, you shouldn't have traveled to see grandma. Of course, she had a pumpkin pie recipe to die for. I understand that completely. But there's going to be a big spike in this COVID thing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Christmas is going to be dark this year. And because of that, we're ramping up our efforts at Radio Memphis. Not just for that, but, you know, as far as entertainment goes, the booze and blues returns. Uh, to the uh, usual time slot, 8 p.m. Central Time on Sunday night. With a big difference, uh, there's not going to be any live acts in the studio as we've done. We've got a bunch of phoners that are scheduled to happen. We got a, we've got a couple of guests tonight. Yeah, it'll be it'll be big time. Uh, uh, we also have for you a pretty uh, a pretty f- a fun announcement that's going to be made uh, regarding. Uh, a thing that you can do to get involved to help out. I've had, I've had some conversations with. Uh, Excuse me, with several people about uh, about the current situation with with COVID and the lockdown and musicians not being able to work and it's just a, it's a real mess. So um, we're going to um, we're going to tell you all the details later tonight about um, uh, whatever details we have about an initiative that we're calling so far. The working title is uh, Feed the Blues. And uh, what this is about is uh, a food drive, and it's not just through Christmas, but this is a food drive, an essentials drive. Socks, toothpaste, deodorant, soap, canned goods, tuna, some peanut butter, green beans, you know, a little something. Some care packages that we can put together to get out to some of these musicians that are unable to work and are starving. And frankly, we don't know how they're going to make it through the holidays. And this is not going to end at the holidays. We're going to continue on with this whole thing, you know, until until things get safe again where these guys can work. These men and women that can do it. Uh, all the details will be coming up tonight on the Booze and Blues Live, 8 p.m. Central at radio-memphis.com. And from every week, every Sunday here on out, it's back. The show is back. So, it, like I said, it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same, you know, what we've done in the past, song and dance type thing. As a matter of fact, tonight, though, uh, for your for your uh, entertainment, we also have for you Crooked Eye Tommy going to be calling in. Uh, that'll be happening in the 8.30 uh, time slot. And then Robert Kembro Sr. will be calling in at 9.30. That's all tonight at radio-memphis.com. On top of all of this, um, there is the passing of Dr. Herman Green, uh, mainstay Memphis musician for God decades. I mean, he was he was 90 when he passed away. He died on Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to celebrate his music. We're going to have a chat about Dr. Herman Green, uh, play a little music that he'd been featured on. He was working with Free World, our friend Richard Cushing and the, and the boys, uh, with them for many years. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll just do our thing. That's tonight, 8 p.m. Central, Radio-Memphis.com. Uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> speaking of which, 
for whatever it was, whatever it was, uh, significantly muted across uh, many places across the country, and rightfully so. There were some that still said, "Nah, screw it, we're going to go." Some estimated some four million Americans traveled over the over the holiday. Much to the dismay of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Fauci said, "Look, you know this is." This is not good. Now, if you're going to be wanting to do something around Christmas or New Year's, you're going to really need to clamp this thing down because it's going to be out of control in about 10 days. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think you'll be like, what? Well, maybe he was right. Well, all of these numbers are going to spike like crazy. Surge upon a surge, he has suggested. So, um, you know, not to be too grim about it, but that's that's where we stand. You know, uh, you just need to, you really need to, you know, I'm gonna, I don't want to be that guy to tell you what to do. I can suggest what you should do. You know, wash your hands and put on a mask and keep your distance from people and stay home. Jesus Christ. It's it's not like there's anything pressing that has to happen. Stay home, which is another reason why the show's coming back tonight. It gives you something to do. Give you something to listen to tonight. It'll be fun. Um, On that, though, it was a sort of amusing to see how people, I just spent a little bit of time perusing through Social media, Facebook primarily, because that's the one where all the all the loose lips are. <laughs> this is the most amusing, and uh, I I was I was uh, I was amused. I was I was deeply amused by the by the whole notion that everybody's eating the same thing. I I, I do find it amusing that there are those people who really work themselves up into a lather over the Thanksgiving dinner, the turkey, the the the, the taters, the green bean casserole, the stuff, and all of that stuff, and. I, I, it occurred to me that I I don't know that y'all really like to eat that. I don't think anybody really does, to be honest with you. Because you'd do it more than once a year if that was the case. Well, they tell you, oh, no, you got to put the thing together. It's the only time we really cook. Oh, bullshit. If y'all really, really liked that, I mean, you can get turkey year-round. <laughs> Seriously, if you really liked it, you'd have it more often. You'd have stuffing more often. Stovetop stuffing. They sell it year round. Only don't just do it when I know the Christmas thing too. That's that's the ham. That's the that's the Christmas ham that comes around, which ain't cheap, by the way. Ass if anything is pretty expensive, including a pig. But nevertheless, it's sort of it was like not. I don't think people really like to eat like this all the time, and it's not even that big of a deal for for the big holiday, you know. It was. I know it's more about tradition. It's more about being around family. But this year, that was supposed to be kept to the down on the down low, if you were, because somebody's going to get sick. Somebody is going to get sick. A lot of people are going to get sick. You're probably going to get sick because if you went out and did this, you know, Rick, what did you have? I had a beer. I had a Bloody Mary. I, I had a sandwich. I mean, it's just we, we don't do, don't do anything like that. It just seems over the top and weird. Well, you just why do you hate America? It's not about that. It just seems sort of pointless. And right now it seems really pointless because judging from a photograph that I saw in the Dallas Morning Star, that's a newspaper, you know, out of Dallas, Texas, there's there's a freeway, six-lane freeway, three-one, three-out, you know, three-in, three-out. And they had them all going in the same direction toward a food bank. This happened right before Thanksgiving. It was like Tuesday, I think it was. Opened up a food bank. Thousands upon thousands of people are starting to hit up the food lines. Uh-huh. But we got to make sure that we had a 50-pound fucking turkey that we're going to eat that nobody's going to finish off. And there's people that are bitching about having leftovers. Whoa, God, if I see leftovers again, I'm going to beat somebody's ass. Um, There's some people out there that would really like to have that. It was the old, it's the old thing when we were growing up, you know, from your mom. You know, there's starving kids in India. Let's send it to India. <laughs> 
snarky, I know, but nevertheless, uh, it's 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 what it was. It was it was the holiday, and I and I really do sincerely hope that all of you please find a way to stay safe. We'll be around. We're going to hang out and do our thing. That's for sure. We'll pause here. When we come back, got a good show for you this time out. Uh, we've got a we've got a great conversation with a musician from Liverpool. That's where he's originally from, and then uh, parts of Canada, and now lives in uh, Los Angeles. Actually, he's in uh, he's in Malibu. He's on the beach. He's hanging out. He's chilling. He's talking to us. Andrew Cole. Plus, we'll hear his music. He's, he's, this guy's a hoot. You're going to love him. It's up next, right up out of this very brief break right here from Radioland. Hi, this is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. Now that we're all spending more time at home, let us help you keep things feeling calm and peaceful. We have a huge selection of incense, including sticks, cones, and powders, along with burners to keep your home smelling great and feeling calm. We also offer sage, palo santo, smudges, and room sprays. Add some crystals, singing bowls, or candles, and choose from a variety of mindful living gifts to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com. My guest this time, musician uh, and world traveler, too. Uh, this guy, this guy, this guy's a blast. You're going to have a lot of fun with him. Mr. Andrew Cole has joined us. Uh, where were you? Were you in, in Malibu, you said? Yeah, I'm in. I don't know. It's in between Malibu and Santa Monica, Pacific Palisades, to be specific. Ah, yeah, you have to be out there in God's country, I guess. I see. What's actually what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, it's nice around here. It's all right. Wait, are, wait, what are you on a bus? Is that, is that, is that what's going on? You're just hanging out in the back of the bus, just uh, just kind of you know, hoboing your ass around all of the West Coast. Do you know what? I've, I've always wanted to be a bit of a hobo, a bit of a troubadour, and never really was. And now, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I don't know what I was doing. I was living in a friend's house for a bit yeah. uh, when the plague hit because I got rid of my old place. And then um, I had to go away on a plane. And then when I came back, they kicked me out and said, you know, because of COVID, we were too scared. So now you're homeless. So a good friend of mine, found me this little kind of beach hut it's literally i'm literally in a place that's i call it the doll's house because it's like eight feet by ten feet little tree house thing made of wood right on the sand uh well not right on you know it's yeah, a little cl- yeah. doll's house it's cute so yeah i'm like a hobo in a little in a little shoebox <laughs> yeah you know i think there's prisoners living in larger cells that is so true and at the start when i come in here i was so freaked out by it because literally you know i've got like wide shoulders and just to get to the little tiny toilet and the little shower i have to walk up the little baby four step staircase sideways and to make a cup of tea i mean you're banging your elbows but it's kind of fun i do feel like a giant or or some kind of weird um cartoon character to be honest so it's kind of fun (laughs) well uh, hopefully i I guess your plan is to sort of ride the ride this thing out there in that spot or you are you just going to try and bounce around as safely as you can oh no i'm sticking in here i mean as long as you have i mean you have to pick and choose it's very good psychologically i mean i've got one frying pan one fork one knife uh i have to go easy on like you know the ketchup and whatever hell you have in your kitchen because there is no kitchen and i have like a camping stove outside that i that i use to 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 cook when i'm making myself a fancy dinner <laughs> <laughs> well what's a fancy dinner for you <laughs> under that circumstance a fancy dinner for me on my own would be um i don't know like uh i went you know you can have fun with it if you if you're brave enough to go to the supermarket you can grab maybe a little steak with some potatoes but you yeah. got to be careful because there's only one frying pan stove so you couldn't if you're going to make spaghetti bolognese for example you'd have to cook the pasta put it to one side then you need that pan again to make the sauce or the other way around right 
I mean, it's just a new way of living, man. It's it's kind of fun. It's like living in a in, in a in a tent, really. Well, sure. Well, it, it it'll make you humble. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, and it tells you what you need and what you don't need. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are learning that. I mean, you know, here here, of course, here in the states, you know, we're seeing we're, we're watching a lot of businesses just implode because they don't they don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, they're. No. You know, they're, they're, they're sitting there going, well, it turns out we don't even need you. Or if, or if you, if you, you are needed, you can just, you can just work from home. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I was like, you know, it's the same with my fridge. Yeah. If, like if I go supermarket, if I can only get two bottles of water in the fridge. So I'm like, what's wrong? I'll have, I have to have warm, semi warm water. So I leave it out at night so that the night climate cools it down. So in the morning I've got like semi cool water because I'd rather have other stuff in the fridge, like butter and milk, you know, it's mad. <laughs> or, or, it's, it's or, or, or some beer for God's sake, you know, yeah. you, you know, priorities, I, my I man, know. priorities. I tell you what I did notice. I go out for random walks at night. I have to go out and kind of walk down to the beach and it's pitch black here. It's a little yeah. community of a strip of like four houses. So there's no civilization. And I noticed I was like the hunchback of Notre Dame because this place is so small. I'm not a big guy. I'm six foot and, you know, kind of wide, but I've been hunching over. I'm so used to living in a doll's house that my body has changed to accommodate my, 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 my fucking ecosystem is so small yeah. that I'm bent over like a hunchback. So I, I notice when I stand up now, I'm like, wow. And I also notice when I go to the supermarket or, or anywhere with, with 300 foot high ceilings that I'm actually, you know, subconsciously crouching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when all this shit's over, you're not going to know how to live again. I know. I know. Mental. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is, and I know it's a far cry from Liverpool. That's you, 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 you grew up there, right? Is it, is it, is that home for you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up everywhere. It's a bit mad. My parents were completely deranged uh, in the fact that, you know, I don't think they ever knew where they wanted to be. It wasn't a work thing. My dad was a truck driver. My mom was a nurse. Yeah. Uh, very good nurse at that. Um, and my dad had road rage. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, now, <laughs> I, I, where did I grow up? I mean, I was born in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. And when I was six months old, I went back to Liverpool. I went to University of Manchester, which was sacrilege to all the Liverpool people in my life. Ah, uh, they'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. And then my mum was from North Wales, so she was by the seaside in a little Welsh uh, seaside kind of Englishy thing. So really, the, my biggest memory was Wales and being by the seaside. So I've come from one seaside. I've come from like a sea to an ocean. Yeah. So I'm by the seaside again, but only in a way more ridiculous environment than little shops and ice creams and you know umbrella shops now i'm here with like mansions and i'm in probably the smallest house in la i would think hey you know you're you're in a you're in a pricey zip code you're in a you've, you you know you get yourself that good uh was it the 212 area code and you're good to go brother i couldn't afford to live here to save my life i say malibu to people and they're like Ooh, you know, yeah, especially look in Liverpool. i'm like well i'm living in a tree house i don't know how much this would cost in a normal world um <clears throat> Probably in England, this would be about twenty-five pound a week. Yeah, yeah, and that little space you're in right now, if you're up, if you're up further north, up in San Francisco, you could get you know seven or eight thousand dollars a month out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. Oh, it's uh, Liverpool. Liverpool's a music town, isn't it? I mean, it's. Uh, I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, I know London is you know as as well, but Liverpool that's part of the real culture of 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 that community, isn't it? Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm biased. I, I, I've always loved the north of England in general. Um, I've always loved Manchester, music from Manchester, probably more 
than music from Liverpool, which is, again, against my religion, apparently. But, like, for example, and then you've got Birmingham, and then you've got Stoke-on-Trent, and then you've got Newcastle. So, like, Newcastle's, like, your Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler. Yeah. Cool play. You know, then you've got, like, your Geordie, like, your kind of Sting, uh, the Police kind of thing. And then you've got the Beatles of Liverpool and Echo and the Bunny Man. And then right. you've got Oasis in Manchester, the Stone Roses, Morrissey, the Smiths. So you've got all this kind of angst of music that is kind of developed out of these, it's not really a Northern thing. It's like these tough towns rather than, you know, the working class heroes of, of, of music and pain. And, and it rains a lot more in the North. So it's that gray slate sky that maybe inspires stuff. And then, you know, not that London don't have anything, but London's just like this big, massive, confused place, you know? Yeah. It's, it's almost corporate in a way, but you know, well, yeah. well like, like Ozzy, uh, Birmingham, didn't he? I think Birmingham. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, all, all of that, uh, all of that metal that came out of there. There's some of that the early stuff. Boy, there were some pissed off fellows, man. They, you know, they had to, they had to get that angst out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then, then the only, the only like moody people in London was like sex pistols and stuff like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was, I was, I was just cruising through some of my music collection here at the house and, and uh, I came across the, that uh, nevermind the bollocks record and I listened to it and, yeah. you know, it still sort of holds up, I suppose, but by God, what a tame sound that is when you, when you, yeah. when you come back to it and you listen to it now and you go, Oh, these, yeah. and everybody was worked up over this shit. What the hell? You know? Yeah. It's crazy in it now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really strange, I, but I do love that the mode of Manchester and Liverpool is very dear, very cool places. And then Glasgow, Scotland. Oh yeah. Good bands out of there. Travis, Welsh, the Welsh, the Stereophonics, you know, the Manic Street Preachers, Tom Jones. Yes. I mean, not, to, not to put him in the same, not league, but he's bigger than everyone, but uh, in the same spectrum of, of sound. Actually, I opened for Tom Jones in a football arena in England, which was mad. Uh, no, I didn't get any knickers thrown on stage. No one cared. <laughs> they, were, they were saving him for him. <laughs> I was like, please, someone throw me a pair of knickers. Something. No yeah. <laughs> Some, some, someday your time not that you come. want someone's knickers ever no you know. no no but is that, i mean i've never understood that anyway we won't talk about well, that, but that's what is that is that a gift for you I mean, one of the saddest things i saw was at a sticks concert when some roadie brought this big right. box out and he put it down off the stage down in front in, in front of the front row and it was filled with various sized underpants and stuff. And these little ladies were grabbing that shit and throwing it up on stage. And there were some gag knickers in there. There were some that were like, they were enormous. Some that were really small. It was, it was so sad that they had to bring out. And I guess at the end of the show, the guy collects it all, puts it back in the box for the next, for the next gig. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. <laughs> what a mess. Oh my God. Maybe that's what you but should do. <laughs> you know what? No, that's that's tragic. That that's like um, it's tragic. I'll give you an example. There's there's a lot of stuff like that. That's like having a fan. That's like making your own fan page and commenting on your on your own stuff of how brilliant you are. <laughs> it's pretty close. I you- should do that. Actually, that's a really good idea. I'd be like, wow, your new album, your new your new song is so good. It's godlike. Oh, it's, it's godlike. It's fucking incredible. I need to buy like nine copies of it. What are you know? Where do you I go? Spend all your time making accounts of different random <laughs> names that love yeah. you. you yeah. Know? Different little profile pictures, you know. <laughs> by God, man, that's sad. Uh, you've been to Memphis before, haven't you? To anyone who's doing that, by the way, I'm sorry for you. And, you know, 
Oh, it's like buying your own likes. Uh, yeah, whatever. You're, you're going to be okay, but just don't do it that way. There's, there is someone out there that cares, and if they don't, you can always change profession. You know. Sure, find something else better to do. Uh, Memphis. Yeah, yes, Memphis. You... I love Memphis. Uh, Memphis. I love Memphis. Not only do I love the word, I don't know why. I, I can give you some reasons. It's very weird. It Memphis to me is what's the right way of saying it? The 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 note, the feeling I get when you say Memphis is nostalgia but i've only been there once which is oh, wow. so weird which is so weird and i don't know whether it's because when i was a kid listening to music and my dad used to play like stuff that came out of memphis the stuff that came you know huge elvis fan i love johnny cash um and there was always something when i when I, as a foreigner as, as, you know being in england and you 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 hear hollywood and you're from the north of England, you're kind of like, meh. Or you hear California, you're like, whatever. And you hear New York, you're like, wow, cool. And then you hear Brooklyn, you're like, really cool. Yeah. And then you, you think John Lennon and you think the culture of America, but then you say Memphis and you're like, wow. Like to me, I didn't even know what Memphis looked like and I just recently went there. I was always fascinated with it and I think I was always fascinated because of Graceland and because of Sun Studios. Yeah. And then I didn't know anything else about it. I didn't know what food they have. Maybe they're barbecue lovers. I don't know. But I was, yeah, I was just there and it would change my life and it's it's become definitely one of my top, I think, top 20 memories of my whole lifetime, which yeah. is saying You know, <clears throat> I, I hear that a lot from people that have, that have never been here and then when they come here it's it's it, and it's almost like a and I, and I don't mean this in a bad way but it's almost like a quasi-religious experience for some people especially for musicians because and especially uh musicians from the uk because they a lot of guys like you have grew up listening to this stuff the sound that you gotten turned on to from from sun or stacks or any of the any of the the, the memphis uh, uh, standouts it just <clears throat> it just completely rings a bell with these guys uh, and then, you know, you, you're hearing Jerry Lee Lewis and you're hearing Elvis and Johnny Cash. And it just, it just flips these switches. Hell, the Stones, for God's sake, they based that whole, their whole early act was on the blues that came out of here. Yeah. And for me, it's got a lot to do with the brazen grain of someone's character. Like the Bruce Springsteen. I love Bruce Springsteen and I love his music. I can't say I'm like a Megalodon fan of Bruce Springsteen. But right. I'm, I, I love his attitude and what he stands for almost more than his music, even though there are some songs. My girlfriend was playing a song a month ago and I was like, I really love this song. And one of my favorite songs in the whole world is um, Streets of Philadelphia and stuff like that. I love the pain of America in the working class hero environment almost more than I love the English pain of the working class kind of, uh, you know, there's singers out there that are American working, you know, working class heroes, as John Lennon would say. Um, sure. And, and I know Springsteen's not from Memphis. I mean, I don't know that. I don't have a clue where he's from, but the point, the reason I brought that up is when you think of like, you know, Johnny Cash or you watch that Johnny Cash movie with, Joaquin Phoenix or whatever, mm -hmm. and you see him kind of like gate crashing. He's waiting outside the studio, and he's like, he ain't leaving until he gets to go in Sun Studios and play a song for the people, you know? And I just think it comes from a very, to me, it was very humble, 
honest, homegrown. I mean, everyone I met in Memphis was just so lovely and just so real. There's no bullshit, you know. It's just like there's no, it's just no plasticine bollocks, as we say in England. Oh, I sure. just I love that, and I think when you when the kind of music I do, when you when you're wearing your heart on your sleeve and you, you know, you just vomiting your soul you don't want to deal with bullshit so to me that's what i was fascinated with and 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 that's why i think i love memphis so much you know nashville kind of has that that plastic vibe to it it's that's just you my opinion and I never but thought, it's funny you say that and no offense to people in nashville but yeah and did that just happen i, th- I feel like that just happened like in 10 yeah. years or something it yeah it has because it used to have a little more of a grit to it that that memphis you know memphis is sweaty and dirty and filled with a a, a a lot of uh, a lot of conflicting emotions and then you go to Nashville and it's an 8 to 5 town you know yeah. as a musician you got you're you're punching a clock as a studio rat you know whereas yeah here we're working you know all night long you know we don't get started till 9 or 10 o'clock at night when you're full of pork ribs and cheap beer and then and then yeah. you're and then you're ready to go and the guy's coming in with a cigarette in Sun Studio just fucking ash all over the Neve system and he's like moving knobs and he's just he's getting it and he'll stay there till the thing's done he doesn't give a shit if his eyes have gone 10 ways till no. Sunday. i mean he's just getting it to create an art it's blood sweat and tears blood sweat and tears a different thing that's and that's how that works and then when you know when you catch a groove with an artist in the studio you don't ever fucking stop because it's happening you know or because your clock your time runs out if you're catching some magic if you're catching that lightning in a bottle you by yeah. god you got you got to keep you got to go with it until the yeah. liquor runs out or until they're just too tired. And and we've well, seen that happen many times. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's like church. It is a church. It's a musical yeah. church. And I, I love the guys in Sun Studios um, because we were supposed to be there for an hour. I, I During this madness, I, I'd flown to uh, Atlanta and and basically to, to get in a car. And I said to my girlfriend, you know, let's just go get lost somewhere. Cause yeah, that's where can we go? Well, I don't know. Let's just get in the car. It's safe. We're safe together. And let's just drive. We ended up going canoeing in a river, like just taught randomly, just kind of canoeing. And then I said, well, let's go to Graceland. And I phoned and they were like, no, 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 it's COVID. We're not really, well, we're going to open in three days, but we're only allowed six guests. And I was like, all right. That's all right. Yeah. Let's walk around there. Let's just do something where our brain is kind of like, you know, on something, on on some other topic. And then, you know, I phoned the guys at Sun and and kind of begged them if we could go in for an hour uh, and catch one of the tours. And hey, we were there for seven hours. I remember going to a some dodgy little pizza place afterwards and we hadn't eaten and it was like one in the morning and we're sitting in the car eating pizza and we didn't even know where we were staying that night. We, we had no, no accommodation. <laughs> and we didn't give a fuck about where we were yeah. or whatever because we were living in the moment. We could have been we could have been could have been our last day on earth and it was amazing and and all credit i mean the bass player was a big deal from uh so so you from, from so you Memphis just you, you just called up for a tour and then you wind up you wind up in there uh on what they call on the spot in that studio the elvis spot the the marking on the floor and in yeah. and and you you were able to you were able to cut a record out of there right I mean, I just originally on the phone, I, I phoned this guy when the plane landed. I'm on the runway and you, all you can hear is 
you know, nobody stand up till the seatbelt sign goes right, off. And right. I'm on the phone to the guy and he's going, what do you want to record? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, not my new album. I don't need any artists. Uh, there's no band. It's just me and my girlfriend. And, you know, maybe we'll do a cover song. We don't care. Um, she ended up cutting, we ended up cutting four songs. She did one of her originals. And I mean, we were there all night. And, you know, the funniest thing was the bass player, the bass player, the guy who was doing the tour started messing about on this upright bass. And I was like, she played, but he said, that's what I do. I'm, I'm an upright bass player. And I was like, do you want to play some bass on this track? <laughs> that's and, and awesome. Like, and he was like, well, half an hour ago, you asked me if I could take pictures and video. How am I going to play bass and do that? I said, well, do bass on one song and then go back. And, and I gave him this big professional camera. And now he's a cameraman. He's never used this camera in his life. A manual focus German Zeiss lens camera. Oh, yeah. And he's, and he's up and he's loving it. So now he's the studio guide. The guy who's supposed to lock up at six o'clock, it's now 9.30, we left at midnight. Now he's playing bass on a track and making tea and giving us a tour and, and whatever else he'd do. So, you know, you don't really get that in other places in the world. And he was in it like he was in our band. I mean, he didn't care. It was just like whatever we can do to get the, the best result. You just got the quintessential Memphis music experience right there that, uh, that there are people that would have murdered other people to do. I mean, that's it was amazing. That's it. No, it that's incredible. Amazing. I was like, who, who am I? Like, they treated me like I, f I was, I was Elvis or Johnny Cash and and and, uh, and and June Carter for Christ's sake. I mean, that's really what happened. And so, for me, as a romantic, um, hopeless romantic, I got to get in a car through a thunderstorm, eating in gas stations, beef jerky, cheesy fucking key rings with our names on it. <laughs> that says Memphis yeah. on the other side. Yeah. You get to a studio, you cut a track with your sweetheart and you get treated like fucking royalty. Uh, every, Basically. Every, everybody's As a your nobody. friend. Yeah. As a no one. Everybody's a friend in this town. If you know, and, and, you know, the only no, people that are allowed to talk bad about Memphis are people who live here. And, uh, you know, that's just, you know, we, 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 there's a kind of a running gag between Memphis and Nashville and we're always, you know, uh, we're always bad mouthing each other, but it's but it's um, it's all it's all done in, in 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 good spirit, you know. A Memphis band goes to Nashville, and you know they wind up selling the joint out. Yeah, you know, it's you know, same thing, same thing backwards too. But you know, Memphis musicians will play in a Memphis club, and they can't get you know five guys to show up, and and that's that's the unfortunate reality of it. But you know, after this pandemic is over with, you need to come down here and spend some more time down here, and I'll show you around, and uh, you know. Well, I want, I want to, um, I did phone the studio back. I, my head's like a sieve today. So sorry to the amazing two people that I've forgotten their name. I haven't forgotten their name. I just, I've forgotten my mum's middle name. I'm that tired. Um, oh, I hear you. Does my mum have a middle name? No, it's been a day. <laughs> um, it's been a day. Um, uh, but yeah, thanks. You know who you are. Um, I'll think of it by the end of the call, but yeah, I would love to do that. And you know, after that sort of whistle stop, I don't even think it happened, so I can't wait for Rachel to release the the video, and she'll be putting that on. If you're on Instagram at Rachel Loren Music, um, and yeah, it's an amazing video. I mean, the bass player shot this video. Yeah, it's like yeah. when you see the video, it's like, what do you do again? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I don't know. It's kind of like if you fly a plane, you're a fucking pilot for a minute, right? Right, right, right. Like, right. Uh, what do you need? You know, are you doing brain surgery? What do you want? What do you need? Let's not lose this guy. You know, we don't want him to die. Uh, oh shit. I left the scalpel in his head. You know, I don't know, 
but amazing. I would love to go back and actually plan it so I can spend some more time so I'm not in, in such of a rush. Uh, and yeah, man, you got to come down and see this stuff. I mean, it was. I don't even think it was real, so I'm not even... This is the first time I've talked about it, just in case I spook the dream, you know. No, it's there's there's a there's a bit of surrealism to it. It's it, it does feel like a dream. I've lived here for twenties what twenty five years now, and and it does it does have this moment where it's like, wow, what what is this place? This is such a an odd place. And when you know people that move here and they spend some time with this city and they. They go, is, is this really the way this is supposed to be? And you go, well, maybe outside of here, no. But, you know, here, this is kind of how the, the procedure works. And this is what you do. And that's that's the hard part for a lot of people to get their head wrapped around. Um, Yeah. And I, and I think I'd like to see, yeah. I just, I, think, I just think America is fascinating when you're on the road as well. And I think not only do you guys have just the most amazing like little eateries where you feel like you you know you should go to jail for stealing from the establishment because uh-huh. the food is so kind of inexpensive and really prepared with love i mean what's that place you took me to i'm fascinated with it um the cracker barrel okay that's <laughs> that not yeah it's that's a chain it's not a necessarily a memphis joint but it, yeah it's- i know that's probably shit it I'm is. a big foodie. I'm a big foodie. And now I love the Cracker Barrel. So probably to you guys, that's like, what's he talking? Anyone from Memphis now is going, you don't go there. You go to this. You go to Johnny's fucking barbecue. Oh, whatever. yeah. You know, there's, there's a million I'm of sure those places. Yeah. So no offense to the culinary adventures <laughs> that we could have in Memphis with yeah. the local, you know, grandma's cooking who's now wants to smack me in the nose for what I just said. But for me, as a foreigner, I love that whole thing. And, and you know, Rachel's father loved the place and, and I became fascinated, but I'd love to come back on the kind of culinary adventure. I mean, we did drive the streets a little bit to check the place out, but unfortunately because of COVID, uh, everywhere was closed and there was a cool street that looked like, what was it? Beale street or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Beale street. Yeah. That's that, the, I mean, that's we, the entertainment district. Yeah. Or one of them. So we yeah. drove around. I mean, you couldn't really give it any justice or any credit. God bless it. As you know, if Beale street is a person uh, you know, I'm sorry for you because we didn't really get anywhere near what it probably was a year ago before this nightmare. You know, there's 25, 30 clubs up and down Beale Street that are open till like six in the morning. And you know, <laughs> I mean, we didn't see any of that. You know, you're not going to like, right now. Yeah, it's it, we, this we, this this pandemic has really. It, you know, and Memphis being the music town that it is, it it really hurt a lot of our friends here. That that's that's their living, you know, as musicians, and they're 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 playing those clubs all night long, or were, and that's for some they were playing, you know, six and seven nights a week, or two two shows a week, or two shows a day, you know, six seven days a week, and all that got cut off, and they got nothing. I mean, there was nothing to do, and all of it was just it was kicked aside. And it and I, I know for all of you guys that are you know all of you, well you're a musician. It's just a big kick on the balls, and it's it, how do you, you know, how do you how do you how do you survive this? What do you what do you have to do to get through it? Well, yeah, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, yeah, obviously it totally fucked me over in a big way, and everyone else that I know. Um, unless you're a revolutionist or you've got a mind that's creative, or you're an inventor, or you can invent some kind of way to survive it. And some of us aren't like that, you know. Some of us are just like the cavemen of music. <laughs> like, right. what would Johnny Cash have done? Uh, in that situation, it's like you know, if, if you're if you're going to make your impact from being seen on a stage and your your banter on stage, um, or you were getting the hundred dollars a show 
to entertain people or whatever you were doing. I mean, the the fact that you've now got to rethink kind of the impossible. It's mind blowing to some people, and some people just like oh shit, and they kind of get stunned and they they freeze. They they become even more broke than they were all of a sudden all your work's dried up and then there's other people that thrive off it because maybe they're younger or they know about technology or they know about social media or making apps or whatever you have to find a way through some so for some people they've actually thrived more i know some musicians that have made millions of dollars this year um and maybe they were already doing what they were doing and and and, and covid inspired people to i mean i know guitar shops that have sold way more instruments oh yeah yeah and that may be because people are bored they can't leave the house retail therapy always works uh maybe people are creating i mean some of the greatest albums are going to come out of this year people are in the studio i know i've in my in my own in my own mind has made the greatest music i've ever made (laughs) Yeah, yeah in my whole career uh i don't know maybe it's shit but in my head I think it's brilliant, and and it could be because of stress or missing my girlfriend. I don't know. Well, you know, so, you know, society and it's and it's you know the you know the shit that we go through, uh, whether it's you know a political thing or an illness or a pandemic or whatever whatever the hell's going on. It I think it informs music quite a bit to the point where a lot of artists will will use that to to write a lot of music about, I mean, you know, shit, 1968 in Memphis is the year that Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, you know, and you had the big civil rights movement and everything else that went around it. And all the music that was coming and going out of stacks at that time was, was informed by what was happening in that society. So I think you're right. I think right, right now, as we talk, there's, there's some incredible records being made. At least I hope there are, you know, you would hope so. Wouldn't you? What else are they doing? Oh, it's some really shitty ones. I mean, you never know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's it's a different thing. I mean, it depends what kind of artist you are. I think. I think if you if you're the Rolling Stones or you Coldplay, you create as a gang, as a as a as a piece. If you're Johnny Cash, you're scribbling on your own, having a nervous breakdown. You know, you 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 you're pouring selfishly your soul onto a canvas. So I. I I feel sorry for certain people and, and, and it's also fun. It's also a new way of doing it. I mean, if you, it's survival, it's like a different way. It's like, you know, if you're, if you're in, I don't know what band, let's just stick with Coldplay. If you're Chris Martin and you're living in Malibu and you're scribbling words and piano bits, then you're sending that over to Johnny who's in the UK and, you know, Will's in France somewhere and you kind of collectively zoom is zoom calls have never had you know you're on the phone all the time you're, sure you're you're star trek you're the jetsons finally and and you're kind of like creating like that but there is no you're not sitting next to someone on a piano feeling that emotion coming out of the the, the sound of that piano and, and singing over his shoulder and both you know it's just different i don't like it it's sterile. I think it's very sterile. I've I've seen I records that are it. yeah, it's awful. I, I hate it. I hate it. What can we do? We can moan about it and do nothing, or we can dig in and do something. I can't wait till it goes away. Um, and yeah, I am the kind of guy who wants to cry on a over a guitar or whatever. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And not on my own normally, you know, to my producer or whatever, or co-writer, whatever you're doing. Where the radio station is, we have a recording studio that's that's got a lot of history to it. And, and uh, we, we here of late, we've been focusing more working with blues acts and, you know, these are guys that come in. They don't. They don't want to fool around with a click track. You know, they they want to they want to feel that rhythm section working right there live. They don't like to do any overdubs unless there's some sort of, uh, um, you know, you know. They may come in and lay a scratch vocal in. We'll do the you know do do the rest of the band and then kick everybody out of the studio and then have the guy just come in and just start laying down his vocals. And 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 that's that's the spirit of the way we make records down there. And that's I think there's something to be said for that being in that same space physically because without that then you like you said you you tend to lose that emotion that's tied to, to what this music is supposed to be about you have your own label is that right is I understand is, is, is it Cryer Cry Records is that what it is yeah well Cryer Records was something that I did because I was just pissed off with every record label on the planet because they weren't giving me what I wanted and they were being mean, <laughs> being <laughs> well, mean. who who is it <laughs> they were being mean oh Poor, poor thing. That's never been heard of, has it? Yeah. A record label being greedy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. they got to eat too. Come on, Andrew. They've got to eat too. They've just got seven to feed and all their friends for 50 years after your song comes out. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, um, you're not. I get it. I'm not really, I'm not really kidding. I know. Uh, so I just said, right, fuck it. If you're not going to play ball with me, I'm going to make my own record label and uh, I will merge with other people or I will license my material to different labels instead of you owning me forever when I've not even had a chance to own myself. And you know what? I've got nothing against anyone who has major record label deals. I mean, they're great. If you need the machine, I've never been, I mean, I'm just not, I'm not a pop star. Right. So it was different for me and I was a late bloomer. So I was already older. So I was already getting told silly things like you don't have enough Instagram followers or you're not on TikTok or you know, you're too old. And it's like, you know, you're not 23, you're not 18. Now it's gone to, you're not 18. And it's like, hang on a minute. Does the people really listen to the radio and, and be like, I don't like this song. He's 37 or anything like that. I they mean, don't I think so. no. I mean, They just judge you. So yeah. So to cut that off. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I got my own record label. And you know, um, the, the, a lot of these, a lot of these major labels now, they're they don't they don't give a shit so much about how young you are. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, it's that yeah. kind of shit. You know, I see that with people that are wanting to be actors or comedians or any of that shit. It's like, well, how many people? You know, and that. it's like maybe if you put my album out, <clears throat> you absolute muppet, then I'd have two point five million followers. But right now, because you're not doing anything, I have nothing, and I feel sorry for the people in the middle of nowhere who are like geniuses in the middle of maybe memphis you know doesn't have a lot of money doesn't have money for pr doesn't have money for a, a website even or social media or whatever you need money for and then they're like amazing so really they're trying to be discovered and you're dealing with people that have got like these instagram like five million followers and you talk to these kids and that you say what do you do and they're like i don't know i think i want to be a singer and it's like, maybe I should be a singer. Maybe I should be a performer with all these things. And it's like, listen, I'm a big believer where it's like, you know, because of the Bully Project, if you want to be an astronaut, go for it. I'm not saying you can't be a singer because you haven't worked as hard as some of us. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, this is something that some of these, you know, artists in Memphis or anywhere in the world, you have developed and learned and gotten in and, and, and blood, sweat, and tears, as we say, and, and you really, you know, when you're in this game for 25 years and then you get someone who's got 25 million followers just kind of 
I mean, I've heard some of this garbage. No offense. Well, yeah. Well, is it offensive? I don't really care. The fact is, is that's that the point. It's not some yeah. of it's garbage. Yeah. And the only reason they're selling records is because they have all these all this power and all, all these followers for no reason. So I think what's happening is record labels now are just really pretty much just going out there going, right, who's popular for no reason? Let's turn them into a singer. And that's really why the, the, the watering down, the dilution of, of greatness has, <laughs> has gone away. It used to be that you had to be good. Johnny Cash had to be good. Elvis had to be good. Now you don't have to be good. You just got to be famous. You can buy your way into that. Yeah, it's all, all bullshit, my friend. It's absolute bullshit. It, it and is. at the end of the day, I do think the other reason I love Memphis is because people listen, to, they listen with their ears and they go, do I like that? And if you like it, great, it's good. But yeah, so I've been a musician for 25 years, 30 years, and, and I never used to write my own songs years and years and years ago because I didn't know how. And I'm sure I wrote the shittiest music of all time for the first four years. And I'm, I hope nobody ever has the, the you know, the, the disgrace of hearing my, my utter garbage that i created <laughs> um, hope nobody ever hears it because um, it was absolute shit um but my voice was good but i was just singing crap when melodies were crap so i, I hope now my, my music's great i think it's great i'm a fan of myself hopefully that's a good thing that's not an arrogant thing i think you should like what you do if i write something that's crap which i still do you'll never hear it because i won't let you and uh, <laughs> well there's that yeah yeah well what so the stuff that the stuff that I want to hear, where where am I going to find it? Are, are you are you in well, the usual usual outlets? Yeah, I mean Instagram is my favorite, I think, because it's easier for me. And I am like you know an old, um, I'm like two hundred year old lady when it comes to the internet. Um, so I think at Andrew Cole Music is a good place to start. Um, there's a website going up, which is IamAndrewCole.com, which is very easy, right? So yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, that's easy. Um, but obvious and um yeah obviously itunes if you want to still pay for music if you if you if you're so inclined to actually purchase your music these days and go to itunes you can steal my music from the internet i've got no problem with that as well if you want to just do that um or you can go on spotify and check it out um which just seems to be like the cool place to go or youtube go on the youtube channel check it out andrew cole music pretty much all against twitter it's always andrew cole music all one word and uh, yeah, yeah, man. And I'll send you a track, and and if you want to spin one. Oh God, yes. You know, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always interested in hearing what 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 what's out there. And um, you know, we we've opened up. You know, the way Radio Memphis works is we've always opened up the up the gates on that. You know, if we if if, if you've got something that's original, uh, and and that's uh is is of radio quality, it doesn't suck. Send it my way. It's gonna wind. It's gonna find itself on the air at some point or another. Yeah. I'll send you something that I think is good. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no. Thank you for, for doing it. No, not a problem. I, I always have fun with some of these kids that'll come in with a record, you know, they'll come in with a CD and there'll be like, I don't know, eight or nine cuts on there. And I'll say, so which one's the hit fellas? Which, which one we push? And they go, um, all of them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, you give me a single, that. man. <laughs> you have to love that though. It's like, absolutely. You know, I always wanted to release my first record and call it the greatest hits, you know? I've and seen that up. done. I've or, or the best of. The best of would be good. Yeah, best of or greatest hits. I've seen that. A, a guy had come out of the studio with a his very first recording, and it was it was the greatest hits. I'm like, really? What, what are you doing? I love that. I yeah. love that, though. I, 
I think it's it's very cheeky and and admirable to be that self-assured. Um, <laughs> yeah, you feel like you've missed out somewhere. It's like, wow, this guy's been around so long. He's got a bunch of greatest. He's got 12 of them. Oh, check this shit out, you know? Well, I love what you said when, you know, you can imagine this young American dude going, I might, and I'm crap at American accents, but it's kind of like all of them, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's so, <laughs> that's cool. so dead on, dude. That's what it's what it is. Or I love that. Or when you hand as an engineer and you hand the 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 guy in the band his his very first his his raw disc his master disc and he looks yeah. at it and then he looks at his phone as if it's just going to magically start fucking ringing right <laughs> right there on the spot. He's like, no, this is where the work happens now, young man. You got to You got to go out there and push your shit. And there's not going to be a label that's going to give a crap about what you're doing. You got You got gotta go and do it yeah i mean but you know when you look back you know some we've gone through so many modes of life where you know think about the 90s with oasis and those kind of bands which were just like they were allowed to say fuck you we're the best band in the world right yeah and then in 2000s if you said that you were an arrogant twat so you had to the anti-hero one and then you know again i keep saying johnny cash all the time i mean he sat outside sun studios because he needed to have that producer manager yeah. hear his music. And, and that's how much he believed in himself. And when you talk about bullying prevention, which is something I do a, a lot of, and as we can see that concert that we just played um, was amazing. Um, you know, the thing is, is that you have to be somewhat self-assured and you have to love, love what you do because it'd be kind of like going for, for a job as an actor and you're in front of Steven Spielberg and they're doing the new Jurassic Park or something, or the new Godfather. Yeah. And you say, hey, listen, um, I'm a really, I'm not really that good at acting, by the way, but I really want to be in this movie. And I mean, the, the producer would be like, what? Like, oh, sure, you're hired. Are you telling me you're shit? So there's a, there, there is a fine line between kind of believing in yourself and believing in the product. And it's not just yourself. It's like, whatever. You can be the greatest singer in the world and the greatest songwriter in the world, but if the song and the vocal and, and everything doesn't come together at one, it's, it's about believing in a product or, 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 or to me or, or, or a sound or whatever came out. So if you really believe in it, as long as you're not a cheeky Turkey about it, um, then, and some people are, it works for everyone. Then, then I think it's, it's good. So I do admire the kids saying all of them, dude, or, <laughs> Like, why would Johnny cast it? It's like, what do you want? Will you go away? What are you wet? Johnny, what do you want? Well, I just want to play you one song and the whole world will change. It's amazing. Believe in it, you know? So I love that too. So I think for anyone out there that's listening who is an inspiring musician or someone that, you know, I don't know. I don't it's, know it's great, it's great advice. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's the, it goes, it's ties into the old adage. If the million dollar secret in this business is give that audience something they haven't seen or heard before. Yeah. And and that's and that's the hard part. But once you once you've mastered that, man, you're man, you're off. You're off and rolling. Uh, Andrew, listen, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Um, I know you you gotta you gotta hit the road. Um, uh, anytime you're around Memphis, please look 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 us up. Come hang out. We'll, uh, we'll 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 do the town. We'll I'll I'll show you where the proper food is, and uh, we'll go from there. I anything to do with food, man? You, you got me in. <laughs> we'll catch a show once all this this stupid pandemic goes away. So yeah, please keep us in mind and. Uh, uh, and, and there you go. Andrew Cole music is where you can find him. Uh, kids, you can look him up anywhere. And, uh, and there is that we'll be back right after this.
Wizards is corona-free and is your headquarters for your essential quarantine supplies. Their viral sale is happening right now with deals throughout the store. Get some sage to chase away the bad stuff. Incense, woodwick candles, decorative fans, and things to keep you busy while you're stuck at home. T-shirts, bandanas, hats, and more on sale right now. CBD, Kratom products, and personal cleansers for that job interview. Open 10 to 10 every day at 1999 Madison Avenue in Midtown or get it all delivered when you order online at wizardsmemphis.com. Wizards, because it's still smoking. You must be 18 or older to buy smoking-related products. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so stay a minimum of six feet away from others and stay home if you can. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. From uh, Coyote Motel and uh, joining us to the miracle of, of the telephone. Of telephony. Yeah, telephony. Ted is here. Hey, Ted. How are you, buddy? Hey. I love telephony. Yeah, telephony. <laughs> telephony <Delicious>. works. <laughs> telephony with a little sauce on the side. Yeah, absolutely. A little the green sauce that I had to have over there. Some diced onions. Yeah. You doing good, Ted? I am. How about you guys? You know... We're just yeah, making it. We're, yeah, yeah we're, <laughs> we're watching the world fall apart at our feet, and uh, we're just got the best front row seat in the house, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm surprised we're existing as well as we are, you know, but me, my wife, Lori, and the dog are kind of holed up, and uh, and we're doing okay as a trio. This way it is in my home. Uh, yeah, me and the wife and the dog. And, and the yeah, but you've got like a quintet. You know, there's like two cats over there, but they don't count. Yeah, <laughs> they, don't, they don't get what's going on. <laughs> previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. The song is called Cover Me. Andrew Cole from Radioland. How about that? That was a live performance. You can find it up on YouTube if you want to see how it all went down. Go get his music. He would be thrilled about that if you did. Uh, it's... <laughs> He's he's a, he's a great cat. He really is. I'm so so happy that all happened. Thanks to Eileen over at World Star for making that happen for us. It was uh, a fun conversation. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. That'll be big. Oh Lord have mercy. I hope everybody uh, please you know stay safe. Be listening for more on this. If you're if you're in a position where you're you know more fortunate than others, we're gonna we're gonna ask we're gonna ask a favor from you. Yeah, you yeah, you're gonna hear all about it. It starts tonight, 8 p.m. Central, radio-memphis.com. Tune in for that for the booze and blues as we make our return. Triumphant return back to the air. <laughs> I don't know if it's triumphant, but it's a return nonetheless. Natalie and myself uh, bringing the show back, uh, along with Mr. Mark Caldwell, our our Caldwell, Caldwell, Mark Caldwell. He's he's our magic mark, he's our producer. In fact, he just sent me a text. I want to make sure I got the music all lined up for this evening because we got some good stuff tonight. Yes, indeed. We are going to be hearing from Crooked Eye Tommy. That's happening at 8.30 p.m., a little phone conversation with him. And Robert Kimbrough Sr., yes, Cotton Patch Blues man himself. He's going to call in at 9.30 tonight. Central Time, right here at Radio-Memphis.com. Come be a part of the program. All right. Uh, in the meantime, i got to go. Uh, now, no, this, I know this is going to be weird uh, because this also airs on the radio station long after all this has happened. This <laughs> airs Wednesday nights at midnight after Spud Goodman. So uh, if you're listening to this then, uh, everything you just heard about has already happened. But that's all right. We hope you were amused. We hope you were entertained because that's what we're here for. So there. On that note, please take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. <laughs>